Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. What's up everybody? So today it's just going to be me because my husband is working and Cole was not available this week and actually... Fun fact, if you're listening to this on the day it dropped, that means I recorded today because, unfortunately, last night I must have pulled or sprained my shoulder while working out. That's right, guys. I'm a gym rat now. So that happens on occasion because my body is not that of a fit 20-year-old. And uh, I was considering just letting this week just skip, but uh, I chose not to only because... I think this show that we're going to cover, that I'm going to cover today, does a really good job of kind of like lifting my spirits a little. And so I kind of figured like, all right, instead of just like dwelling on my sprained shoulder and letting that kill my mood for the rest of the day, I figured, all right, let me let me talk about this show and uh, hopefully inspire you guys to check it out. So with that said, I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals, an original podcast about unoriginality. So when you think of sitcoms, what's one of the first things that come to mind? Uh, For me, it shows like, Family Matters, Full House, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And a lot of those shows that I grew up with tended to really revolve around the family unit. However, uh, after the 90s, right, I would say we shifted into having a lot of shows about the workplace. Uh, Workplace comedies really became a thing, blew up in popularity because of uh, shows like The Office followed by Parks and Rec. Uh, and there were, you know, it's a sh- it's a formula that still, you know, churns out a lot of content. Uh, most recently, Blockbuster on Netflix comes to mind. Abbott Elementary is another workplace comedy. And uh, I think with that workplace comedy, we also saw a shift in how sitcoms are created because more, more and more of these shows ended up using that single camera format right which gives it like a usually they were in that style of that mockumentary style or uh well that's it mostly mockumentary right because because of the office but i think with that change we lost something and that's like the feel-goodery of a good american sitcom and it's a format that as shows, it's so interesting, right? Because I think as more and more studios occasionally try to, you know, do the throwback to those multi-camera sitcoms, they're usually, not exclusively, not always, but usually I find them to be a little flat. And I think part of it is, and I'm thinking about that 90s show that we covered like a couple weeks back. I think part of it is just like the newer generation, they don't appreciate it. And not only do they not appreciate it, but I also don't think that they have the the acting chops that comes with performing for 
a sitcom, a multi-camera sitcom, which is a little bit more theatrical, right? It's not, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, it's like you, usually, you're supposed to be performing in front of an audience. Uh, I don't know if that's the case all the time anymore, but it used to be. And uh, when you have, when you have a live audience, you're usually playing up to that audience to get a reaction, right? And I think the problem that we have with some of this younger generation is since they don't see that, I don't think their body languages really, really ever sell like a multi-camera performance. Uh, and I'm really complaining just about that 90s show, right? One of the reasons why I just didn't like it was the younger cast. However, uh, the, the actors that played Kitty and Foreman uh, and, and, and Red, they were great. And that's because they have at least a history of being in front of that camera, that multi -cam uh, that multi-camera situation, right? They know how to move their body. They know how to perform, uh, with their body and, you know, kind of perform. It's like, it's, it's almost like you're in theater a little bit, right? Which is why I find it interesting that Nicole's, I don't think she's the biggest fan of multi-camera sitcoms, but it's funny because she loves the theater. And this is, I feel like multi-camera sitcoms are closer to theater than they are the film, let's say. But anyway, that long tangent goes on to uh, this idea where today we're going to be talking about Night Court and uh, the original show that ran from 1984 to 1992. And uh, it's 2023 revival, Night Court. Uh, I wondered if this is one of the earliest examples of a workplace comedy, but I tried to Google that and I didn't get like a very conclusive answer. So I don't know for a fact if anyone out there knows if this is if this is one of the earlier workplace comedies, by all means, let me know. Uh, I don't know. I know, for example, Taxi exists and that is a that was mostly happening at the workplace so maybe this maybe that predates this uh cheers i would argue is also kind of a workplace comedy because because for the most part it took place at the workplace and we're following sam uh the bartender i don't was he the owner i actually never really saw cheers guys so let me know if i should check it out but anyway we're gonna be talking about night court and uh yeah, we're going to keep this short and sweet, guys. So, Night Court is a TV show that focuses on New York City's Night Court criminal system. And uh, the Night Court criminal system is an actual real thing that is in places like in New York City. Uh, I think it's it's also in some other larger metropol uh, metropolis areas in the country. And the point of Night Court is to allow people who can't attend court at regular hours a chance to have their time in court. It also helps uh, push a speedy trial, which is guaranteed by your Sixth Amendment. Uh, the original show, which ran from January 4th, 1984 through May 31st, 1992, focuses on a young unorthodox judge named Harold T. Stone, uh, played by Harry Anderson. And Harold has taken this job. He was, I think, the bottom of the barrel, but he was available when they offered it to him. So it's how he ended up becoming the new judge for the night court system. And 
as the new judge, he's also trying to like shake up the system a little, right? He's a little idealistic. He wants to, he believes in the court helping out the people, not just punishment, right? He thinks that the court system should also help out people, which is I think a wonderful message that I wasn't expecting from the show when I was watching it for the first time. So the first time I've seen the show was actually for this podcast. And uh, it's a show that's like a little difficult to like get a hold of. Right. I I think I had to like really scrub the Internet to find the pilot episode and a few episodes of the original. Uh, Actually, interestingly enough, my first introduction to Night Court was because of 30 Rock, Uh, the episode the one with the 30, the one with the night court cast. And that's an episode that features Jennifer Aniston, if anyone remembers, but the B plot is that Kenneth is trying to do a revival of night court. And they had some of the original castmates there. We learned that Jenna Maroney was a recurring actress in night court, much to the dismay of Kenneth. Uh, she was like a werewolf lawyer or something. And, so as a result of 30 Rock, I had this idea that Night Court was kind of like this supernatural court system where like they deal with like vampires and monsters and stuff. Uh, I think I had made this comment to Eddie because at one point during a relationship, he mentioned that he enjoyed Night Court. And I was like, oh, I know Night Court. They had like uh, vampires and werewolves and stuff. He's like looking at me like I'm a crazy person because the show's not that the show's actually based very much around reality and uh like just real quirky situations but nothing supernatural except for one santa claus episode which i kind of do want to talk about uh yeah the so that was my first introduction to night court so i had this idea preconceived notion of what night court is and uh, watching it i'm just like surprised at like how kind of how grounded this show is in reality it's very sweet i think the show I think Harold, uh, yeah, Harold, the judge, I think he's so optimistic and so idealistic. And I think it's, uh, it, it was shocking. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess if you think about it, right, you're thinking about a show about the New York City court system, uh, the criminal justice system. And I don't know, I, I guess my default is to think of like law uh, shows like Law and Order SVU. But no, this one, we have like this really fun, quirky show uh, about this judge and like all the people who work around him that include the public defenders, prosecutors and bailiffs. And uh, the prosecutor in the original run of the show is played by John Larroquette. He is Dan Fielding and uh, he's kind of the dry humor. He's he's the polar opposite of Harry. Uh, and I think as a result, they have like great chemistry, like great back and forth, but the joke. So Harry as a performer, he's more eccentric. He's more over the top. John LaRoquette's performance is, it's a little bit more subdued. It's drier. It's, uh, almost meaner, but he's great. And, uh, John LaRoquette, I think in my research, he was the only one who actually won an Emmy throughout the series run. And rightfully so. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. Not the only one to get nominated, but definitely the only one to win an Emmy. Uh, and yeah, so this show, each episode really focuses on, I think, one or two cases, usually one. Uh, but one of the ones that comes, to, one of the cases that comes to mind is a Santa Claus episode where uh, it's guest starring Michael J. Fox. Uh, this showed up as the second episode of the first season, so I'm just going to go with that. And it's 
the whole idea is that like this guy believes himself to be Santa Claus and he has all this intrinsic knowledge about everyone around him that kind of leads us to believe that he's Santa Claus. Uh, I think he was like caught for arrested for disorderly conduct and he that's what he's being prosecuted for. Uh, meanwhile, the next case that they introduce are like these two runaway teens who are, uh, uh, you know, on the wrong path, to say the least. Play, one of them played by Michael J. Fox. And uh, we find out that they were abandoned by their family and stuff. And Santa Claus is going out of his way to really, really make a connection with this kid. It was like this really weird scene that was really touching. Like, And that's what I actually do miss about a good like sitcom. It's like I think a good sitcom can do comedy. Like I should be able to laugh out loud. But then they should be able to turn that knob and like give me like a nice sentimental moment and, and stuff. And maybe that's because I come from the school of like full house and, uh, uh, family matters and, 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 the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Like maybe because I did enjoy those kinds of shows. Like that's what I'm kind of always looking for in a sitcom. Something that can make me really laugh out loud and sometimes really pull my heartstrings. And I found this show doing that a lot. I thought it's a very, very charming show. I'm surprised the show isn't, something that, like, I grew up with, like, in syndication a lot, right? Like, it's not a show that I saw very, very often or ever, like, on, like, on reruns, uh, which is weird because I think it, it, it still holds up. I think this idea of, uh, of the night court criminal system is it's interesting. And here's a fun fact, guys. The night court criminal system is a real thing. I actually had to look it up, uh, but it's believed because of the popularity of the show that the night court system in New York City actually gets a lot of tourists who like to go sit in and watch the criminal justice system in action, which is bizarre. But uh, I understand. I, I would probably go, too, just to check it out. Uh, I'm assuming it's a lot of, like, sexual deviancy cases that get brought up there. Um, so, yeah, so that's the original night court. I, I Like I said, I thought it was charming. I thought it's cute. Uh, the show lasted for nine seasons. I know that for the, it was canceled after the eighth season, but kind of brought back all of a sudden for the ninth season, I think because of the success of Seinfeld. So they were trying to ride off their coattails, but the show's, uh, ratings never really recovered. So as a result, it was just canceled, uh, kind of unceremoniously. Uh, I can't speak to the quality of the later seasons because I only really saw like a handful of the first season. But just from that handful of the first season, I, I, I could see myself like if this was a show that was readily available, I could see myself easily watching this. It's very, very just watchable. Um, Yeah, Eddie is a big fan of this show. So he's the one who really wanted to cover this episode. So I'm kind of bummed out that he's not here to talk about it. But, you know, I'm I'm going to carry that torch forward. <laughs> Uh, so let's fast forward now to the year 2020 when it was announced that Night Court was getting a revival and it was going to be produced by Melissa Rausch, who's most famous for playing Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. And she and her husband are going to be were going to be the main like producers. Uh, eventually, it was announced that she would be the main star for the show playing Abby Stone, Harold's daughter. Uh, John LaRocat was attached to 
be in the show right from the get-go. I think he's the only surviving member of the original cast. I think everyone else has passed or is no longer acting. Uh, and I guess I'm just going to say it. Like, John LaRocat, he still has it. He is, the, he is like, the best part of this revival. Uh, but let's just talk a little bit about the revival. So the revival follows Abby Stone. She is a a new judge from upstate New York who has moved to New York. She's taken on her father's former position. And uh, Abby, again, like her father, very idealistic. She wants to be changed for the better in the New York justice system. And she, with her, she has her assistant district attorney. She has a bailiff played by Lacretta. She's hilarious. Uh, really gives me like that Donna energy. I love like like these actresses with their one name. They usually steal shows, right? <laughs> like Lacretta as Donna Gergs. Uh, I'm thinking of Retta as Donna from Parks and Rec, right? Just usually scene stealers, right? So I, if I were an actress and I'm going to be in a show in a sitcom with uh, with an actress who has just one name, it's just like I'm I'm in for a world of hurt here. <laughs> you know, I, I got to set my game up. Uh, what else we have? Uh, John LaRoquette, he reprises his role as Dan Fielding. He is brought to the court by Abby because, you know, Abby knows him through her father, but she is in need for a new, uh, a new public defender. And it's funny because in the original run of the show, he was a prosecutor. So that's kind of the dynamic that they play. He is kind of learning how to be a public defender when I think his gut instinct is to believe that everyone is guilty for the crimes they commit. Uh, and Abby is just trying to reach like a new softer side in him, but he's still pretty cold. He's still pretty dry. He's a little wry. Uh, and I think because he is so good on screen and he has such great comedic timing it really does sometimes make the whole cast pale in comparison which i think is unfair because um it's i don't know if it's fair because i you know i i like melissa roush i i've seen her on the big bang theory i think she has wonderful comedic timing but when she is up against someone like john Cat, there's something i don't know if it says she looks like she's trying harder but there is almost like a weird little disconnect on her own when on her scenes where she's with the rest of the cast by themselves. They're fine. They're great. Uh, but when it comes with scenes with John LaRoquette, they all just kind of like pale. Uh, so I think maybe that's something that the show and it, it's something that gets improved upon as the show goes on. Right. I will say that like from the first episode to episode six, like it's something that gets improved upon. Uh, but yeah, this is really it. We have uh a notable a noticeable difference here is like kind of how uh multicultural this cast is compared to the original one the original one did have uh it wasn't like all white but it was predominantly white here we have a very very mixed bag uh right and i think that kind of reflects new york city uh so i think that was kind of a a, a good choice in the matter the show's writing i think is actually not bad. I actually think the show is sometimes teeters saccharine, but I think overall, for the most part, this show is actually pretty, pretty well written. Uh, they play to 
John Larroquette's strengths. Uh, and I think Melissa Rauch, as much as I complained about her, her, her acting next to him, she is a good, her character, Abby Stone, is a great foil to Dan Fielding. And uh, I think, as you know, as we're growing out the rest of the people, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm finding myself digging the show way more than I was expecting. Uh, which it, it was a pleasant surprise. I thought it was like, I, I think the show is charming. Uh, Lacretta as Gergs, I think she's great. She gets a great episode where she's bringing her nephew to court, right? Because it's like, take your child or something to work there. I don't remember what it was. But uh, he turns out to be this like very young child activist who is trying to speak up for his favorite artist who has been arrested on vandalism charges. And uh, it's this shockingly, like, really nice episode about uh, a black woman working in the criminal justice system and, like, why she feels like she needs to be there, right? And I, I it's funny, because, like, sometimes shows like this, that message, that's a hard message to carry, I think. But I think they did it in such a way that it didn't feel preachy. It just felt organic in, t- in the story uh, while still making it funny, right? Uh, so that's that's what I think is so good about this Night Court revival. I think this Night Court revival does a really good job of kind of, like, upholding those sitcom feelings that I'm looking for, right? Which is, I want to be able to laugh, right? I want to be able to laugh out loud. And then I also want to be able to, like, have a moment where I'm just, like, aw, or, like, really pensive about something. And then go back to, like, a, a silly little gag. I think the following gag was, like, they were attacked by birds or something, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, I am surprised at how much I enjoyed Nightcore. And Nightcore has actually been a critical... Not critical, darling, but uh, the critic, the reviews for Night Court, the 2023 revival, have been mixed. But the ratings have been kind of killer. Uh, the pilot episode had 7.5 million U.S. viewers, and that's double what HBO Max, HBO's The Last of Us, had received. Right. So, I think from what I was reading, the 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 ratings for this show have actually been stronger than like let's say, another workplace comedy, Abbott Elementary, right? (laughs) Which is shocking because I don't... This show, the original one is so hard to find that, like, no one's able to just binge it and they say, oh, I can't wait to watch this. So it's either that the original Night Court just had a really strong fan base. Eddie happens to be one of those fan bases. He only checked it out because of the show. I think he was hesitant on Night Court being a good revival, but he binged those six episodes. And I think, I know why. I think because it really does harken back to that original feel of the show. So either this show has, either Night Court has like a really, really strong following that <laughs> uh, NBC was able to tap into, or uh, my the other theory out there is that uh, Melissa Rausch has a really strong following based off of the success of The Big Bang Theory. Uh, and the reason I think that idea has kind of been uh, thrown out there is because I think a lot of the cast members who have gone on to do different things have found like a solid backbone of support from the fans of the Big Bang Theory. Uh, uh, Kaylee Cuoco comes to mind with her Emmy Award nominated role as the airline stewardess. 
what's I, I'm so sorry guys. Um you know, I wish I had someone here to correct me. I know, it's just me. Uh but yeah. So I don't know. What what is it about this show that is that is killing it in the ratings? I, I wish I had an answer. I don't know, but the show was picked up for a second season. Uh it's been a ratings darling for NBC who kinda needs it right now. And uh I think the best part about the show is it's kind of saying it's just like multicam sitcoms, it can still work. And that's great because uh, I I find myself sometimes do missing the the multicam format. Uh, I think the last multicam format that I really, really enjoyed was uh, One Day at a Time. I think they did such a great job, but that's because the writing was so strong in that show. Uh, this one has strong writing too so i think that's why i think that's why this has been a a fun unexpected watch uh so i don't know what else to really say <laughs> about this show other than i think it's it's just i think it's sweet i think it's charming i do recommend it it's uh easily one of the surprises so far of this year and uh yeah i didn't want it to get lost in the in the shuffle, right, with my shoulder pain and stuff. Uh, I did find myself watching an episode last night while I was in pain and chuckling and laughing and stuff, which is great because I was in such a mentally angry place at, at, at pulling my shoulder. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, for me, that's why I think this is the the, the sign of a good show. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, I recommend you do. Uh, and if you do, please let us know what you think about it uh you know you can always reach out to us on instagram our handle is remakes reboots revivals we're also available on facebook slash remakes reboots revivals uh email us we love hearing from you guys and some of you guys have been writing a lot more often so we want to keep hearing from you guys maybe one day we'll just have you uh an episode where we read some of this fan mail uh, our email is remakes reboots revivals at gmail.com and if you want to check out some of our previous episodes please go to our website, www.remakesrebootsrevivals.com. Uh, also, be sure to leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to this show on because it'll help other listeners hopefully find us. And uh, that's really it. Sorry, guys, this is a really short episode, I know, but um, it's just me, and I think I did a... Oh, so, so job. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, anything else I want to say before we, I let you guys go? Yes. I know what else I want to say. I've been checking out Poker Face. I think that show is bomb diggity. It's so good. It's such a fun watch. I'm doing my best to pace myself because there's only a limited amount of episodes before I have to wait week by week. I, I just hit that mark. So uh, I'm waiting for like the last three episodes to drop. So if you want to talk to me about that by all means slide into my dms rolando underscore nieves on instagram uh or on my tiktok i think my tiktok is rolando nieves media uh yeah i i, I I'm, I'm down to talk about poker face i'm down to talk about the last of us i'm down to talk about anything tv related so if you want if you have opinions or something and you want to get into it with me by all means uh dm me I want to hear from you guys, not just about praise from these episodes, but about just random TV. I love television and stuff, and I love uh, breaking it down. 
I don't, you know, Nicole knows this, but I prefer TV over film. That's just me. Uh, with that said, guys, I'm gonna let you guys go. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, we will be back next week with another workplace comedy, most likely. I think we're covering Party Down, which is one of my favorite sitcoms that I was surprised is getting a revival. So we'll be talking about that next week. Be sure to tune in for that. And until next time, stay unoriginal. <laughs>